Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. And uh, there we go. I, I had it on mute. My wife says, you don't need a microphone. You're just a loud talker. And uh, so I'm so glad that uh, you guys decided to show up today and be a part of our service. And we, we've just got so much in store for you looking ahead at 2019. We're super excited because we feel like we've just started, and really we have. We've only been meeting, as Pastor Phil was saying, for three months, and it's been an incredible ride for the last three months. And so those of you that may be new to our church, a little background on me, you can read our little story on the back of that uh, little cover that you received when you came in. But Tara and I have been leading a church in Las Vegas over the last 10 years, and we felt a calling by God to come here to the Conejo Valley, and it's been exciting getting to know all kinds of new people, a new community, and uh, in a way, I kind of feel like God's called us out of the desert into the promised land. And, um, uh, but uh, we, we love uh, just getting to know everybody and, and really take a moment to fill that connection card out and uh, drop it in the offering as uh, we take it at the end of service so that we can follow up with you and kind of get to know your story a little bit. So it's one thing for you to know my story, but I'd like to hear yours. And uh, one thing is true, we all have a story. And some of us really wish we could hit the reset button on our stories. <laughs> Especially, you know, 2018 might be one of those years that you just wish you could hit the reset button. And when I, when I say hit the reset button, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. And it's funny that we played that little um, clip from Super Mario Brothers. Uh, some of you remember that game. But you, have you ever played a video game and you just were doing terrible 
and you just were like, I just want to start over again. And so it's just really easy because you just hit the reset button or turn it off and on again and you get a fresh start. And the other day, my son had his other friend over and they were playing something on the Xbox and uh, it was playing, they were playing Madden football. And see, back in the 90s, uh, I was the OG. I was the original gamer, all right? So I was, I was really a lot younger and into video games. And I, I remember when Madden first came out and I dominated that game. Well, of course, I'm busy now. I don't have time for video games. But, you know, my son and his friend were there playing video games. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to play with them, you know, for you know an hour or so. And so the friend was like, you want to play Madden? I go, yeah, absolutely. He's like, easy win, right? And so we started playing, and I started scoring touchdowns on him on this video game. And in a matter of like four minutes, I was up by four touchdowns. And then I was feeling really proud of myself for schooling this young boy, and he reached over and hit the reset button. I go, you can't do that. He goes, I just did. I know some of you know what I mean by hitting the reset button because some of you have had a phone or a computer that just froze up on you. Have you ever been trying to search for something and right in the middle of it, you know, a friend is like waiting for you to give them information. You're like, oh yeah, it's just right here. And you click on it and your phone decides that it's not going to work for you. And it's always at that inopportune time when you really need to share some information that locks up on you and you, you know, have to turn it off or hit the reset button on the phone or the computer gives you that pinwheel of death. Have you ever had that where you go and it's just spinning? And you're like, oh, it'll take a minute. You go get some coffee, come back and it's still spinning. You go to work and come home and it's still spinning. And you're like, I'm toast. And it's time to hit the reset button and start over again. You might have a moment in 2018 you just wish you could hit the reset button on. Uh, Mine, I have a couple of them. Uh, One of them was the Oklahoma game last night. That was one. I wish I could hit the reset button on that. Uh, But another one involves my wife, and I have her permission to share this, but she was going to this women's conference in Long Beach, and it was a Christian women's conference. I'm excited for my wife and daughters to go to this conference, and she decides to try to take out the parking lot pole on her way home and decides to leave a nice little mark on the side of our car, uh, which is still there, because I'm like, I'm not paying for that. It's going to come out of your allowance, not mine. Uh, But I was just like, I just wish we could hit the reset button and not have this big old gash in our car. And I know these things sound trivial compared to maybe some more serious things that you've been battling this last year. Maybe it was a relationship that went south. Maybe it's a financial mess that was created. Maybe it was a bad decision that you made and now there's some consequences because of that. The good news is that God has given us all a reset button, that he is the God of not just second chances, but third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, a hundred chances. Matter of fact, every morning when we wake up, we get to reset our lives. It's found in the Old Testament. It's a book called Lamentations, and Lamentations chapter three talks about 
this. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Touch your neighbor say, they're new every morning. Now, Jesus is in the business of making sure that you get a reset for your life. One of the passages that I love that we read in the message, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says this, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. So when Jesus enters your life, you have a brand new life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus is the ultimate life reset for you. And one of the biggest life resets we read about in the Bible is this guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. And he tells this story in, in a couple of different passages in the book of Acts. But in the book of Acts chapter 26, we read him retelling the story in front of the king. And this is one of those stories that you don't know this guy and you're just kind of hearing him tell the story of how he used to be. Have you ever met somebody that, you know, they're this clean cut, you know, this nice guy, nice gal, and then they start telling you their past and you're like, that can't be the same person. I had a guy in Bakersfield for years. He carried a picture of his old biker days and, and he has half of his ear missing from a fight that he got in where a guy bit half of his ear off. Now, this guy is, you know, just nice looking guy. And he has this picture of the way he used to be. And he goes, I always like this picture because it reminds me of how far God has taken me in my life. But I would I would never guess that this is the same guy. The Apostle Paul was a whole different guy before he wrote two thirds of our New Testament, before he was used as a conduit of heaven to spark a massive revival across the planet. But check out his story in Acts 26. He says, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus, the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. And I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. One day I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. This had to be just... Mind-blowing for Paul. He's on his way to persecute people for following Jesus, and Jesus stops him and says, Dude, 
I don't know if he said dude. He said, you have got to stop this. I have a calling in your life. And it's not to beat down people that are following me. It's actually for you to follow me. And it changed Paul's life. Jesus gave Paul an ultimate life reset. In other words, he was living this lifestyle. He was living this particular way. He had a belief system in place. And he was following that belief system. And God met him there and said, I have different plans for you than the way you've been living your life. And from that day forward, everything in Paul's life changed. He was pretty much a murderer, even though he didn't technically do the murdering himself. He was having people murdered. He was a bad dude. But God allowed him to have a life reset. And when that life reset happened, everything changed for his life. I like how um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says this in the message. It says, everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. This is important for you to understand because you may not be a follower of Jesus today. You may have made a lot of decisions in your life and you might think like, oh, it's too late for me. This is just the way I am. This is just who I've been and this is the way I will always be. And my encouragement to you is when you start following Jesus, everything is going to change, including how you live the rest of your life. And he and only he has the capacity to set you free from all of the things that you've done in the past so that you can go into your future with a clean slate and a fresh start because Jesus is the ultimate life reset button for you and for me, ultimately. Now, how do you hit the reset button for your life? I, in the Jewish culture, they have a text that the Jewish children learn called the Great Shema. And the great Shema is found actually in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it's just a little prayer. And it's interesting to note that in the Gospels, in specifically Mark chapter 12, Jesus is talking to a scribe. He's a Jewish scribe. He knows the law backwards and forwards. Most of them have it down by memory. And again, this is the first thing that Jewish children learn. So he is putting Jesus on trial, this open trial. And he's like, Jesus, tell me what the greatest command is that we are to follow with our lives. In Mark chapter 12, one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what command, what commandment is the foremost of all? And Jesus answered, the foremost is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. In verse 30, I don't know if that's on there. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Which the scribe is like, hey, I'm doing. And Jesus said, well, then great. Then the kingdom is not far from you. In other words, when you are pursuing God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, you are on the way to living the life God always intended you to live. 
But it involves your heart, it involves your soul, it involves your mind, it involves your strength. And if you think about, there are four parts of who you are as a person. There is your heart, which is the emotional center of who you are. We all have emotions. You know what emotions are, right? That those things, those feelings that make you sad, glad, or mad. That's your emotional state. That's your heart. And we know we have a soul, and the soul is that part of us that is just very connected to God, to spirituality. So it's that spiritual aspect of your life, your soul. But then there is your mind, which is, you know, your mental state, the place where you think, the things that go over, those thoughts that kind of pop up in your mind every so often. And then there's the physical side of you, your strength. If you think about that, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, this really makes up who you are as a human being. And Jesus is challenging the scribe to say, if you really want to have God do things in your life and for your life and through your life, then you have to look and you have to pay attention to these four areas of who you really are. So if you really want a life reset, then it starts by following Jesus, but it starts by following Jesus with these four areas of your life. And I want to just break these down for you this morning. If you're taking notes, how to hit the reset button for your life using these four areas of your life. And number one, if you're taking notes, is renew your mind. This is so important for you to do. Renewing your mind. The Bible talks openly about this in several different places. But one of my favorite scriptures where it talks about this is in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We've talked about this a few times in our short three months of existence here as a church. But it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, what church? Renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What I like about the word renew is there's a key component of that word renew, and that is new. I was reading this week on some neurological studies of the brain, and several studies have confirmed that the average human being has over 60 thousand thoughts cross our mind every day of their lives. 60,000. Now what these studies have also indicated is that about every second of every waking moment of your life, you have a thought. And what they've also discovered is that 80% of those thoughts that we wrestle with, that we contemplate, are negative in nature. of our thoughts are negative in nature. That leaves us with 45,000 negative thoughts every day of our lives. I call these things thought bubbles. Now, just because you have a thought bubble in your mind doesn't necessarily mean that you're a negative person. But what happens is those thought bubbles that you decide that you're going to cling on to and that you're going to hold on to and that you're going to contemplate and that you're going to think about, uh, the Bible calls it dwelling on. Those are the kind of thoughts that help define you as a human being because, see, those thoughts that you dwell on start kicking up desires inside of you. They start working with the emotional center of who you are. And eventually, if you don't do something about it, those thoughts create desires, which then in turn create an action. 
Those actions, if repeated often enough, will turn into a habit. It starts with how you think. And I find this so fascinating that when God comes into our life, he has something new for us to experience as his kids. I like this prophetic word that Isaiah received from God. It says, for I'm about to do something, what church? New. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? It will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God is wanting to do new things for your life and through your life. Whatever dryness you have in your life, and all of us experience times in our life where we feel kind of dry. Maybe we're not feeling it. Maybe we're not connecting with our spouses. Maybe we just feel kind of disengaged from our businesses, our jobs. And sometimes, we let's just be honest, sometimes we don't even want to get out of bed. We're just like, I just want to go into tomorrow. Let's forget about today. All of us have those things. But God says, I want to enter into your life so that you would have a new perspective on how you see your day, how you see your future. And as we see it, as we start contemplating these new things that God is doing, we start thinking new kinds of thoughts. Because when you start having a vision of what God is up to, you move out from negativity into amazing positivity because you start thinking about heaven. These are the new things that God wants to process in your mind. And so how do you have more of those heavenly new thoughts? You have to feed them. You have to feed that new vision that God has placed over your life, that you are an overcomer. Matter of fact, Paul says you're more than a conqueror. That means you're a super conqueror. And so how are you feeding these new thoughts of who you are as a person of faith, as a person that follows Jesus? My, the biggest way I feed it is worship. I put worship music on when I'm in my car. I put worship music on when I'm in my house. I feed those new thoughts by songs that are reminding me of my new life. And it's not just about what I'm adding to my life. It's what I'm keeping away from my life. And so what I do is to help cultivate new thoughts is I put guardrails up so that I can keep away the negativity from feeding into the negativity of my thoughts that already are there. There's a lot of media out there that wants to feed into those negative thought bubbles that you already have in your life. They want to feed it. And what you have as an obligation is to figure out which ones are really feeding that negativity and start turning them off. Start getting away from them and get those things kind of reduced out of your life. The best place you're going to be able to Renew your mind is showing up to a gathering on a Sunday morning, an atmosphere, and saying, hey, I'm here. It's not just about the worship. It's not just about the message and, and how that's going to encourage you and inspire you. It's about the connections with other people. It's about the whole atmosphere of this place on a Sunday morning. So showing up and being a part of our Sunday gatherings is going to be a huge thing for you to be able to continue to renew your mind. And renewing your mind is a daily process. It's not just a, hey, once, once a year or once in a lifetime, hey, I, I, my mind is renewed. No, the Bible says we're transformed by the continual renewing of our minds. 
Every day you have to have your mind renewed. How are you actively renewing your mind on a daily basis? That's probably the more important thing to really talk about. Secondly is reconnecting your soul. So renewing your mind, let's talk about reconnecting your soul. I don't know how many of you guys have ever tried to hook up the Bluetooth thing on your phone to a device, to your car, and it's kind of a complicated thing and and some depends what the device is, but if you have a smartphone, you can go in there and select Bluetooth and go in your car and it give you a code and you punch in the code. But what I've discovered with this technology is that when you connect your phone to, like, say, your car using Bluetooth, it uses a word, interesting, it uses the word pairing. As a matter of fact, I have some headphones, some Bluetooth headphones, and, and I can connect it to my phone, and when I'm connecting it, it'll say pairing, because it has to pair, it has to connect in order for the phone to send the signal to the headphones so that it can play the music or to play the podcast that I want it to play. So what has to happen is your soul, that spiritual center of who you are, has to be connected to God if you're going to fully be the person that God wants you to be. You have to be paired with God. It's something that all of us at some moments in our life we probably have struggled with. Now, King David, we think of him as like, oh, this super guy, you know, man after God's own heart. Like, wow, David was just the man, right? But do you know David had dry spells in his life? Do you know David had times in his life he did not feel like he was paired with God? Listen to how he writes Psalm 13. Check this out. He says, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Here's David. He's writing this psalm going, God, you took off on me. I don't even see you. Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? Can you just sense that this guy is just feeling like his prayers are just pinging off the walls, like somehow he was connected with God, but somehow he's lost the connection? See, 2018 may be a year that you just feel like you lost that connection. You lost that pairing with God. What I realize about Bluetooth technology is you can only be paired and, and on Bluetooth with one device at a time. In other words, my headphones can only be connected to my iPhone. It cannot be connected to a bunch of other devices. It's paired with one thing. And I think what happens is We've tried to pair ourselves with so many things in our life, but by doing so, we've lost our pairing with God. And even though maybe at one moment we could go back and say, man, I remember at Easter, man, I was I was connecting. I was flowing. I I was in the zone, man. I was having miracles happen in my life. I was praying for people and they were being healed. But now I just feel like I'm praying and God isn't even there. Perhaps. The reset button for your life is about repairing you with God, getting you back into that soul connection. Listen to how Jesus says this. We've overcomplicated how we are to pair ourselves with God. Listen to how Jesus says it in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle 
and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your what, church? For your souls. Jesus is saying, hey, it's super simple. But in order to do this, you must connect with me and disconnect with something else in the process. What is it in 2018 that God is saying, hey, I need you to disconnect with this so that you can be more connected with me? Because see, your soul needs it. Your soul is desperately after it. And it's important for us to see it. Now, how we do this as a church here, our action step is devotions. And I'm so excited that today we have our new Bible reading cards that we have available for you for January, February, March. And what are those Bible reading cards? This is our way of giving you the ability to connect to God on a daily basis and have something to read. Like we've been reading the book of Job. It's not an easy read. And we're now in the Gospel of Matthew. And every day we're, we're trying to get into the Bible. Why? So we can be good Christians. I read my Bible today. No, because as you get into the Bible, God is getting into you. Now, obviously, God is already there. But what God is doing in the process is he's filling you up. You're getting filled up so that you have something to pour out on a world that desperately needs more God connect. And so your soul needs to be filled so that you can go help fill some other souls that are desperately empty and need God in their lives. Can I just say this? And I, and I made this little note. Ministry to the Lord is much more important than ministry for the Lord. Now, there's a place for both of those things. But ministry to the Lord is when we're just simply sitting at the feet of Jesus, letting him fill us up. And there can be a, a, just this mindset that happens to people that are Christians that come to church all the time that they forget that and they get lost in all the things that they're doing for God that they forget to sit with God. And Jesus had these two sisters that were really trying to be with Jesus, but one thought she would be with Jesus by getting the meal prepared, while the other one sat at his feet. And the sister Martha got on to her sister that was just sitting there because she was thinking that she was lazy. And she went to Jesus and said, Jesus, get on to her. She should be helping me in the kitchen. And Jesus ended up spinning this around on Martha and said, you need to be more like your sister because she's doing the greater thing. He's sitting with me. There's always going to be work to be done, but you're going to be much more effective getting work done for God's kingdom when you're allowing your soul to be filled with God's kingdom. You tracking with me? So reconnect your soul. Number three is refresh your heart. This is the emotional center of who you are. And what's important about this is when your heart isn't right, everything is off. Let's, let's be honest. That day you've had an emotional bad day, and we've all had an emotional bad day. Whether it was like you were super sad, discouraged, angry, you were just a mess emotionally. You knew it threw off everything. Because emotions have the ability to do it. That's why I believe Proverbs chapter 4 said this, talking about our hearts. It said, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. This is how important it is. The emotional center of who you are is super important. 
Because it can really mess up relationships if it's not healthy. So Proverbs is telling us to pay attention to this. Matter of fact, Jesus said, you will know the heart is not in a good condition by what comes out of your mouth. In Matthew, I believe it's, um, you guys have that, Matthew chapter 12, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how do you know you're having heart problems? And when I mean heart problems, I'm not talking physical, I'm talking your emotional. How How do you know that you're having heart problems by the things that you keep speaking? You have a lot of negativity coming out of your mouth. Are you losing your temper a lot and blowing up at people? Is everybody on the 101 idiots? And do they, you know, are you like, like how, how are you doing with your words? Because Jesus is saying the words are giving you a symptom of something that's happening inside of you that's not healthy. And Jesus, just like the first two, just like for your soul and just like your mind, he's got some ways to help us to make sure that our hearts are good. Listen to how uh, David talks about it in Psalm 51. He's, I mean, he's confronted with a sin that he gave himself over to that caused major issues in his life. This is a moment in David's life he wishes he could hit the reset button on. He decided to to have an affair with somebody else's wife and it created all kinds of mess. And then he decided to cover it all up and then hide it. And one day he got called out on it. And this was his prayer. He finally came clean and was honest before God. And he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He was noticing that because my heart's not right, everything in my life is messed up. And so it's time that I just get fully honest with God so that everything in my heart can be completely purged and cleaned up. See, a lot of the emotional stuff that we're going through is simply because we have not had a heart purging take place yet. There's hurts that we've just decided to bury. There are things that we've decided to do that just maybe get even with people and and we're gonna you know do this because they did that and there's a lot of things that we've done that have really messed our hearts up matter of fact a lot of us have hardened our hearts because we never given out the forgiveness that God has commanded us to give to those people that hurt us I'm convinced today there's a lot of emotional brokenness in our world because people have not been able to properly forgive other people that have hurt them. This is what I mean when I talk about a heart purging. Jesus talked more about forgiveness than probably any other subject besides money. Money was, for some reason, the the thing. And you think about our lives, money tends to derail most people. But second to that was forgiveness. And I don't know in 2018 if you had somebody that just did something that just really hurt you. Maybe this reset button that we're talking about today is you simply saying, God, purge my heart and give me the capacity to forgive them even when I don't have the capacity within myself. I had a good friend of mine that just went off the rails on me personally this last month. 
I don't know what happened, but there's other things going on. He's made some accusations in our friendship, and he decided to unfriend me, even on Facebook. I'm like, that's my bro. Tried to explain, hey, well, I don't know what's going on, why you think that, but the devil just got in there and has convinced him of these things that are not true, and it just hurt me deeply. Because this isn't just an acquaintance, this is, this is one of my best friends. And I've just talked to my wife, and I'm like, I don't even know how to deal with this. I was even talking to my father-in-law, and he's like, Jim, I've dealt with this in ministry for the last 40 years, and if you don't want to end up with two cancers in your life like I have, you're going to learn to let it go. You're going to learn to forgive that guy, whatever he's saying that is bad-mouthing you to whoever, and the enemy is just going to make you speculate that he's saying this to this person, that to that person, but he says, just let it go and let God be your defender. You know what? He prayed over me, and in that moment, I let it go. I let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Great song. But we got to practice it more. But this is, this is me. I'm just letting you in on something that I'm dealing with, because you know what? It could, it could happen just as easily that I say, you know what? I ain't right what that guy's doing. And you know what? I'm going to get even with him, and I'm going to go down. I'm going to tell him all the things that are wrong. And you know what? I'm going to stay up at night, and I'm going to think about all the things I'm going to say. I'm going to text him. I'm going to do this. And blah, blah, blah. What kind of a person do you think I'm going to be tomorrow with my wife and my kids when I've let my heart get hard? If you're not careful, the older you get, the harder your heart is going to get because you are going to inevitably deal with hurt people. They're going to come into your life and they're going to want to hurt you. But it's your choice on whether or not you're going to let them hurt you. What I mean by that is you give them over to God and say, God, you take care of them because they need you right now. But I'm going to choose to move on.com. I'm going to forgive them. And even when I don't feel like forgiving them, I'm going to trust that you are going to give me the capacity to forgive them so that I can move on and I can keep my heart in a soft place. Can you receive that this morning? We need a heart purge in 2019 to get that life reset for our life. Now, I think a lot of this is going to happen um, in in result or as a result from us having good relationships with each other because as we connect with each other we're going to help each other I like in the book of uh, Philemon there's another pastor friend of mine calls it the Philemon Yon um, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you brother have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people this is the action step here is life groups is when we get you into a life group where you circle up with other people, they're going to help refresh your heart. Because we're all going to come into a life group and we're all going to be in, a, in a, an emotional place where we either can let our hearts be purged or we can just keep things and keep stuffing and keep adding and keep getting harder and harder. But a life group won't allow us to do that. A life group will give us a safe place where we can confess so that God can purge and so that our hearts can be refreshed and we could move on. Here's the last point is rework your strength. This is the physical part of you. And this is the energy part of you. And in other words, we all have strength. And this is what we're deciding to give our energy towards. And a lot of us are in a position now because we've been giving our energy to the wrong things. 
And we live in a very self-centered culture where it's easy to say, I'm going to live my life for all the things that I want in my life. And I'm going to live for all my desires and all my pleasures. And the end result of that is emptiness. Even though you may have a lot of stuff, you may have even some storage lockers that you have paying a monthly fee on because you can't fit it all in your house. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're not going to find satisfaction in always taking care of yourself. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us we're not really fully living until we start giving our lives away for other people. It's, it's talking about reworking your strength and taking your energy and instead of investing it all into you, start investing in other, other people. Start giving yourself to other people. One of the milestone verses for our church both campuses in both Bakersfield and Vegas, and we look to bring this here, is Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 kind of became our church life verse. And Isaiah 58 talks about real fasting, what it looks like, because these guys were getting all pious about, hey, we fasted all this for God. And, And Isaiah comes and he says, you know what real fasting is? Real fasting is taking care of the poor and the hurting. That's that's real ways to get a hold of God. If you, if you are a person and you're like, man, I really need God to move my life, then God says, you want me to move in your life? Start, ter- start taking care of the poor and the hurting, and I, I'll move for you. Listen to what he says. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. You know what's sad about our culture? We wake up tired. We're caffeinating ourselves. We're drinking Red Bulls and Bangs and triple shot espresso. We're, we're doing everything we can to keep ourselves energized when the Bible is saying if you really want to be fully energized in this world, then give yourself away to helping other people because God has hardwired us already that when we help people, he helps us. You want to hit the reset button in your life. Try living 2019 more for the poor and more for those that are in trouble than for yourself. And when everything starts going wrong in your life, start thinking in a different way and saying, okay, I have a lot going on, but how can I give myself away to somebody else that really needs it right now? And guys, there are needs all over the place. Whether it's the guy on the intersection holding up a sign, whether it may be a, a mom struggling in her car, maybe it's a, a, a co-worker at work that's having marriage issues, that's crying. There are people in trouble all around your life. You just got to open your eyes and see beyond your own troubles and you will be just engulfed with trouble. And God says, when you start helping those people that are in trouble, I will start moving for you. One of the stories of of 2018 that just really impacted my life was just I was coming back from the gym and I saw this guy and he was crashed out under a tree uh, hanging out on on some strip mall grass area and just the Holy Spirit said to help this guy. Now, I don't have that overwhelming every time I see somebody that looks homeless, but I got the nudge, and I went over there, and I helped this guy. 
and um, I got him some Subway. I got him some Subway gift cards, and I said, hey, man, this is for now, but here's some gift cards for later so you can be taken care of, and I gave him a bunch of waters, and, and he sat up, and he just thanked me, and I got to pray with him, and I left that moment, and I, and I was thinking to myself, why am I not doing this every day? Why do I get so self-centered that not only do I not help these people, I stop seeing these people that need help? What if we live 2019 with the eyes of heaven so that every space we go into, every place that we enter, we automatically start looking for anybody in that space that may need help? I'm telling you, Our life is going to be completely reset. Why? Because we are loving God with all of our strength. You invite Jesus into each one of these areas of your life, your mental state, your emotional state, your spiritual state, your physical state. I'm telling you, your life reset is coming. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.